Welcome to Behavior Babes Podcast, presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. Aloha, joining me today, we have Katie Stallings. Hi, Katie, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Dr. Kelly. (laughs) You can call me Amanda. That would be a weird (laughs) show to call me Dr. Kelly throughout. (laughs) Thanks for joining me. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, Let's start by having you give an introduction for our listeners. Perfect. Well, my name is Katie. Um, I am an RBT. I work for a small family-owned agency here in the Panhandle of Florida. And in my free time, I like to volunteer with Open ABA. Which is how we met. So tell me a little bit more about just what's going on with you and uh, the world in the Panhandle. What's life like during the pandemic at this time for you? I live in in Pensacola, Florida, where the rates of COVID are, are very high. So it's pretty scary where I am. Florida in itself is just crazy. Uh, people don't wear masks. Pretty scary. Yeah, and it's tough when people aren't, aren't wearing masks. So here's our PSA for everybody listening. Wearing a mask helps others, uh, even if you aren't interested yet in helping yourself. Um, well, hey, there's been some fun opportunities for people to customize their masks, and you were recently telling me about a custom mask that you are, are, are expecting. Uh, you want to share with listeners about that? Yeah, so I just ordered a mask um, off of Etsy, and it has a little, uh, like, vinyl cutout of Skinner, and it says, BF is my BFF. I was very impressed to find out that you actually coined that, Dr. Kelly. Yeah, there's um, several phrases kind of back in the day, but it's so nice to see things still out there being disseminated and people receiving that information. You know, I think it's, um, it's pretty comical when you're uh, at the airport, for example, pre-pandemic, of course, for many of us, and a, a TSA agent would say, would read my shirt and be like, who's BF or why is he your best friend? It's sort of like the modern day elevator speech, right? Except you have a, a, probably less time uh, depending on how efficient your, your uh, TSA agents are, or maybe with a mask, the person at the grocery store. So it's an opportunity for dissemination. Uh, so excited to hear that. <laughs> that's the phrase on your mask. Yeah, so Katie, yeah. you mentioned Open ABA in your introduction, and that is how we met. So, can you describe what Open ABA is and how it how it came to be? Yeah. So, Open ABA is um, a virtual platform, and at Open ABA, we build tools to help behavioral health and uh, special education professionals. Um, we've got so much cool stuff. We've got token boards. We've got virtual session rooms data collection, charting, you know, games, videos, and it all comes together. It's really easy and accessible, and best of all, it's free. So we met, Katie, right, because you messaged me through Behavior Babe on um, my Facebook uh, platform, and you said, hey, there's this thing I'm working on, this thing that's come about, and I'd love to tell you about it. And one of the things that really piqued my interest was, and it's free. And I thought, Mm -hmm. hmm, too good to be true. Uh, is it, or why is it so good? So, Katie, you just kind of, in my opinion, glazed over. You were like, oh, it's a virtual platform. It has all these amazing features, but where did it come from? What was the idea behind it? What need is it filling? Um, how was it created? Can you share with us a little bit more of those details? Yeah. So the the really funny part is that um, this was all created because I was just a very – very anxious RBT. And um, when, if you can think back to the beginning of the pandemic, you know, things got really crazy, I think in March. 
um, the CDC regulations were changing, you know, every hour sometimes. Uh, there was so much uncertainty. Um, you know, it was, it was just really scary. Uh, and all of us in this field were being faced with new challenges. Um, how are we going to get kids with sensory issues to wear masks? Um, how are we going to provide medically necessary services and still keep kids safe? Um, and there was a lot of fear on my end when I thought, you know, I might have to learn how to navigate telehealth with no experience in it. So I called uh, my friend Yuen, who's a real cool dude. Uh, I called him one, just to vent, we're good friends, but beyond that, he's, he's kind of a mentor to me. <laughs> he's very solution oriented, so I wanted to call him to bounce some ideas off of him. So I called him and I said, look, I have this, this client with an immunocompromised family member, um, and they live in a rural area. They don't have the greatest internet connection. And I'm like, you know, it's an early intervention kiddo. I, I really want to make sure that this kid can still get services and the quality of those services are not watered down by telehealth. Like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this uh, on, on this crappy internet connection in this rural area. Um, and UN, just being the, the good friend that he is, went and put some code together for me. And that's how, how Open ABI started. Um, luckily, I am still able to see clients. Um, so UN was not about to let code go to waste, so he took it to these Facebook groups um, where he started recruiting other volunteers. So here it is. You're a registered behavior technician working with mm -hmm. individuals um, receiving ABA services, and the pandemic hit. I mean, that's a large portion of our field, or, or that is actually true for everybody, right, not just within our field. And yeah. it's a global pandemic, although it's um, being received and responded to and having different impacts in different areas, it's happening globally. And so I think everybody who's listening who is either a provider of service or a recipient of services immediately jumped back to March when you were talking, right, the beginning mm -hmm. of the pandemic. There was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear. And there weren't a lot of resources. So you talked about having a friend who's solution-oriented, but also a friend who knows how to code. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, everybody here, again, is another PSA. Make sure that you are working with people in multiple disciplines because mm -hmm. we can all, all help one another. Um, so tell us a little bit about what you first started to do. You talked about a problem. You were venting. UN knows how to, to create code. What does that mean? What did that translate to? You had talked about virtual platforms with data collection and token boards now, but what were your first steps after that conversation? So UN put together this, this website, and it was, in the, even in the beginning, it was, it was very great. Um, but he said, I know nothing about applied behavior analysis. <laughs> so look at it, give me feedback, um, help me make it better. And he took it to those Facebook groups. And we started uh, having this open dialogue with a lot of our users. So we got some users that agreed to use our platform. And then they told us, we need this, we need that, we need data collection, we need graphing, we need buttons for task analysis. And we started working on rolling out all of those features. I have really got to give it to my friend Yuan here. Um, I have no idea how we've managed to recruit 
these absolute rock stars. We have some amazing talent on our team. So, Katie, it sounds like you're meeting and filling a need for so many of us, but yet I still want to come back to that idea of as you're refining and perfecting or adding all these features, how are you able to continue to make the platform or the software free? The answer to that is actually pretty simple. We're free because people are willing to do it for free. And that has definitely raised some, created some constraints, but it has also created massive opportunities for us at OpenABA. There's two big ones. So the first is that we are forced to create something that we're proud of. And the second is that we can recruit talent that is otherwise really hard to find. So, you know, when you don't draw a salary, all that you can get in return is the pride in your work and the relationships that you can build with your teammates. So at OpenABA, you know, we've been able to prioritize security, user friendliness, um, and in general, just make something that we're proud of. It's because we're free that really distills in our team, you know, if you're not making something that you're proud of that's really helpful to the field, then you're kind of wasting your time. <laughs> Um, and that's what really forces us to always be making the, the product better every day. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's an excellent connection to just thinking about natural reinforcers, right? What I'm hearing you talk about is the saliency of reinforcers, right? Like fi financial is not is not a variable here, right? There's no yeah. tangible reinforcer in that sense of of money but the tangible reinforcer could be the product you're creating and the relationships that you're fostering. So that's awesome. That's amazing. And you have now recruited volunteers literally from all over the world. Do you mind sharing with us a, a couple of the things um, that they're helping with or what kinds of things volunteers um, uh, can do to be helpful? Or are you seeking new volunteers? Tell me more about that. Yeah, so we're always seeking new volunteers. We've been so lucky to, to have, like I said, we have some absolute rock stars. It just blows my mind some of the really impressive people <laughs> that I get to collaborate with. Um, you know, we have a top data scientist. We have multiple people who went to Princeton. Uh, one, one, one woman in particular deployed software for some of the biggest hospitals in the country. Um, we have a teacher with over 20 years of experience with the BCBA. And, you know, our security guy built machine learning systems for the CIA. So, you know, we're really safe and secure here. On top of that, um, we have, we get to work with a producer who, you know, she's great among many other things, led the creative on a number of uh, music videos for the rapper Eminem. <laughs> so we do really have a really cool, amazing team. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> That's so unique. That's so incredible. Um, well, going back to even the part of uh, relationships and fostering and creating relationships, it's really hard to do that within any organization, I think, uh, especially during the time of a pandemic and extra challenging when people are, are, are all over the world. Um, how are you working together with the people who are volunteering to create those relationships? Like, what kinds of things are you doing maybe outside of work hours? Yeah, so um, once a week, um, some of the volunteers, we all get together and we have a virtual cook-along where we, you know, we get together, we can um, learn a new skill, 
uh, last week it was uh, you, my friend Yuen taught us how to how to make crepes. So this team, you know, we work really hard. We all have our our day jobs, um, and we're working on this in our free time. But we also really like each other. <laughs> you know, we make time to have our our volunteer meetings, and then outside of that, we have group hangouts, virtual kick-alongs. We do a lot of cool stuff together. I was wondering uh, some of the how that kind of even came about, but it was so interesting because how I became to get involved was happened to meet with Ewan and, and Harley, and they were mentioning, oh yeah, well we'll we'll run by, that by Katie because uh, I'll I'll see her in about an hour when we jump on our virtual cooking class, and in the spirit of all things volunteer and um, give and take kind of reciprocal relationships, I said, hey. Um, I just started learning to cook during the pandemic. Can I, can I come? And uh, I was so stoked to be invited. But uh, for anyone who, who follows the, the trials of Behavior Babes cooking, uh, I didn't even have one single ingredient in the house. <laughs> so uh, that was an adventure on its own. But I do have to say it's so interesting having an opportunity to have participated with a couple of the volunteers in doing that. You know, Ewan's not a behavior analyst, but he certainly understands how to teach uh, and break it down and use modeling. And that's the kind of thing that I love is behavior analysis is everywhere. So it becomes sometimes uh, easy to talk about if we talk about it in those everyday terms. So, Katie, I know there's a website, openaba.com, but I'm curious, how do people go about saying, hey, I'm interested or I want to volunteer or be involved in the project? Yeah, so if you go to openaba.com, there should be a little um, tab for you to click that says volunteer. You click it, um, or you can just send an email to volunteer at openaba.com, and we will be in contact with you. We're excited to, to, to meet some new, new people to add to our list of uh, impressive people that volunteer with us. And so what kinds of volunteers are you looking for? Is it somebody who needs to know how to code, someone who understands behavior analysis, someone who likes long walks on the beach? <laughs> I, I tease a little bit, but um, I know sometimes we have this pervasive imposter syndrome where people feel like mm, maybe I don't have anything to contribute, and it doesn't seem like that's the case here. It seems like everybody's welcome. So who, who are the kind of um, volunteers that you're reaching out for? Yeah, Amanda, that's a great question. So we want everybody you know, my my incentive in, in making this great is that, you know, I am you. I, I'm, I'm in the field. I want to make a product that I would want to use with my clients. And then since I've been able to work with these people that are on the tech side, you know, when you see the world's best data scientists, you know, kids that have been winning hackathon competitions since high school, they're probably not going to you know, drop everything and make a full stop career change to the field of applied behavior analysis. But they are willing to learn about it and they are willing to volunteer their time. So, you know, we've been able to collaborate and, and you know, acquire new skills and, and generalize those skills and, and disseminate between one another. You know, we have behavior analysts learning code and we have people in tech learning about you know, applied behavior analysis. And there are, like you said, there are so many other uh, real, real world applications for the science. So it's been really cool to, for everybody to get to, to get together and just, you know, share their talents and their interests. You make a really good point. So this is obviously what people are doing while they're still having their day jobs. And so, yeah, it's not going to be, um, you know, uh, the most uh, sophisticated, robust software uh, or or program within a day, 
right? But one yeah. of the neat things about that is that it allows it to grow as, as people have those needs. Like, hey, we want a customizable token system, or how do we get our own images into the platform? Uh, I saw a demo, and I saw how easy it was to use an image from Google Image or from uh, your own computer. That was impressive to me how quick that was. And that's not something that you might see with some something that might have been created maybe for behavior analysts without people who had an understanding about behavior analysis. So I, I feel like in my own experiences with a lot of the programs and softwares, at least where they started, it's often somebody who knows how to write code, maybe consulting with a behavior analyst or or a behavior analyst who has this idea. But for you, I think, Katie, the thing that's so incredible is that you are just responding to a need, right? Here we all, all are. Here's this need. What do I do if I can't go into the home and I have to use a platform that in many ways doesn't exist, right? Like there are things like Boom Learning and Boom Cards, but you can't fade out the sound or you can keep clicking on the wrong answer multiple times. And so that can be very challenging for a lot of our learners um, who need different kinds of prescriptive feedback. Can you talk about some of the features? You mentioned the token board. Can you elaborate, like, how that how that operates or works within the system as best as you can? I know we don't have the visual with us today. Yeah, I mean, it's really user-friendly. You just pick your, pick your picture. We have a preloaded library of tons of pictures. We've got superheroes. We've got animals, you know, anything that your kiddo might like. We've got vehicles. We've got all sorts of stuff preloaded. Um, but you can upload your own images. You can upload images from Google to your token board. Um, and we have all sorts of other cool features. It's really easy to add objectives. Um, it's really easy to – we have a tracker to see your correct and incorrect responses. Um, and at the end of the session, you can even generate graphing. So, Katie, one of the questions I have for you about Open ABA is, is your software HIPAA compliant? Yeah, um, it is. And in addition to HIPAA, we're ready to implement a number of other compliance frameworks. You know, sometimes those things can vary uh, state to state. Um, we're working with some users internationally. So whatever it is that you need, there's information on our website, or you can get in contact with us directly. One of the last times I was speaking with you and you, and you had mentioned uh, something about white labeling. Can you explain that a little bit more for our listeners and for me? Absolutely. So some of our users, um, you know, particularly at, at larger agencies, have asked us about the ability to get a white label copy of ABA, Open ABA, um, where they can have it integrated with their own systems and have it bear their custom branding and web address. Um, so it's something that we're entertaining right now, but I can't really say much more than that. <laughs> I love that. Something we're entertaining, meaning we're, we're mulling it over, working on it, and seeing how to integrate it. I have only come to know you and your team over the past maybe two weeks and every time that we've checked in or there's been a message or a hello there's an update to the program i'm <laughs> impressed at this not being people's day jobs and how quickly these um, changes or ideas are integrated that's mm -hmm. so there's no question there that's just in, there's like some feedback that's so incredible um, <laughs> and i think for people listening you know to be able to have a way to work remotely um, or digitally to be able to have some way to display that data um, and to customize things like your arrays and your token boards. Hey, speaking of array, you know, sometimes when we have things just presented in, a, in you know, one, two, three, 
the learner might always be picking something on the left. And so, of course, we know about moving them around and positional prompts. But I remember Harley showing me that you could have a completely, like, messy or um, array that was distributed differently. Can you, can you talk about that? Because I think that's so incredibly customizable to behavior analysis. Yeah, yeah. So we have buttons to um, add your objectives, and then we also have buttons to make them make the stimuli uh, arranged in, like, kind of a messy array. So you can do it uh, whichever way uh, best suits your client. Wow. I mean, that's something that stood out to me. Um, certainly, as things continue to uh, grow and adapt and develop, I imagine they're going to become more and more sophisticated. But sometimes when that happens, we lose that connection to the user and to the client. And it seems like because there's just such uh, an incorporation of that, and, of course, that was the, the mission of what you're doing, uh, I don't really have that fear or worry so much with what you're developing. Um, yeah. And the thing that I think sets us apart from the rest, you know, I, if you've worked in this field long enough, you've used some of this software that's just really, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, crappy software that these companies are charging an arm and a leg for. Um, and we just have to, to make do with it. But at OpenABA, you know, we want to hear from you. We want your feature requests. We're excited to add those things for you. We want to make something that we're proud of. We want to make something that's useful to our users. You know, we want to really help the clients. Really get that sense, um, which is why I, I said, hey, I'd love to have you on the podcast. I'd love to tell <laughs> everybody about what you're telling me. I really couldn't believe it was true. The more I've delved in and, and have gotten to know you and your team, I see it with my own eyes that it exists <laughs> and it is true. So for people who are interested in maybe using the software, is there a limited um, like age range or sophistication or is there a sort of targeted population that is maybe best suited to the current version of OpenABA? So right now, OpenABA is fully customizable. You can use your preferred curriculum. You can, you know, change pictures. You can add whatever objectives it is that you want to work on with your clients. So, so no. And like I said, if there's a feature that would really just, you know, help your client, you're working with an early learner and if they're not engaged and you want to add confetti and sparkles or, you know, something cray-cray, like, we'll, we'll do it for you. Get in contact with us. Like, we want to make your life easier. We're in the field with you. You get it. <laughs> that should be the tagline. We want to make your life easier. We're in the field with you. We get it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Tell you, and I've remarketed all of your, all of your <laughs> ideas. <laughs> well, Katie, I really want to thank you so much for a creating this pro this project and and this this program, um, for reaching out and really for taking your time today sharing this, and of course for inviting me to our crepe making cooking sessions. Can't wait for next week. <laughs> um, lesson to everyone out there, if you invite yourself, sometimes they, they don't feel comfortable telling you no, and you get to show up. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it was a pleasure, and I can't wait to see you on Friday. It's going to be tons of fun. <laughs> well, before we end the call today, I just want to give you an opportunity again to mention the website and any last-minute things you'd like to say to our listeners. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to reiterate, our website is openaba.com, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can email team at openaba, and if you're interested in volunteering with us and being part of it, um, you can get in contact with us at 
volunteer at openaba.com. Katie, thank you so much for joining me today. And for all of our listeners, I know it's you are envisioning what this looks like. We were talking about it. We're here on a podcast. There's no screen or demo. Uh, it's hard to maybe envision all of the amazing features. So Katie, I'm looking forward to having a webinar or having something where we can do this demo for um, for our listeners and for anyone who's interested. Are you guys still down with that? Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do a live demo. Yeah, let's do a live demo. And so everyone, thank you so much for listening today to the podcast. We'll make sure that we have this information up and, and out there on the Behavior Babe platforms. And to learn more about applied behavior analysis and related topics, just visit my website at www.behaviorbabe.com. 